I feel like we were just right here talking about this just a little bit ago. Um, and then Luke Fickle had to go and do it again. So here we are. Let's go on Wisconsin. A big commit jumps on board. And we're going to talk about it because we need to talk about it. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, we got a double header here. Welcome to Locked On Badgers, the second one of the day, third one of the day. I don't know. We do this as, as big news breaks. I deem Bryson Green to be big news. Um, but first, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as mentioned, big news, we got Justin back on. And Justin was just here. Uh, we literally did a show about five hours ago, maybe yeah. six. Yep. What, and we talked about the receiver room, right? And yeah. ranked it and talked about how strong it is. And then now the the, the game board just got flipped. Yep. <laughs> a new player comes in. Let's talk about that player first. Set the stage. Bryson Green, uh, 6'1", about 205, somewhere in that range. He's a transfer commit number 13, formerly of Oklahoma State. Uh, big schools in the mix for this one. This, this much like Renfro, this one had a lot of suitors. Uh, Auburn was after him. Oklahoma was after him. Old Miss was after him. There were others as well. He was Oklahoma State's yeah. leading re- touchdown receiver last year at 30-plus receptions, 500-plus yards, 16.4 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. So a proven commodity. And again, this is a proven commodity that real big-time schools are after, and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin gets them anyway. Even with a loaded receiving room, even with C.J. Williams, it didn't matter that Oklahoma was after him. It's incredible to me. Big get. Yeah, he's a big-bodied wide receiver with good short area quickness. I I think he's got some explosiveness. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be getting the deep routes, but from the short to intermediate game, he's he's definitely a guy that can be a problem. And he's a guy that you're going to have to bring it if you're a corner, if you want to take him down. Uh, There's a couple of plays on this film that are really impressive with, with basically him just discarding guys when he gets the catch. Good, strong hands, attacks the ball. This is a big get. Like, I, I kind of threw it out there in our chat. We have our, our group chat for the guys that are on the show, and I said, this is like having two Quintez Cephas's. If him and if him and C.J. Williams become what they should be, and I actually think Williams has bigger, more upside than long-term than what Cephas was, um, that's crazy. Like, two guys that are that physical and that strong and gifted – are going to be guys that are a major problem for, for anyone. I mean, we saw Cephas have a good game against Ohio State before he left here. And yeah. that's that's yeah. not even talking about the other guys that are going to be now pushed down a rung. Like, can you imagine DK taking on like a third or fourth corner? That's crazy. I want to jump to there quick. Um, some comments already coming in. If you've been in both shows, by the way, if you're in the earlier one and this one, Godspeed. Y'all are the best. Um, <laughs> I, I want to jump to here. Is this receiver number one? And I want to preface it with, I actually think, like, I don't want to be disrespectful to DK, to Keontas Lewis, to Skylar Bell, because I don't think we've seen the best of them because of the offense they've been in, especially a guy like Skylar Bell, still young. Uh, but I do think he's coming in and he is going to be receiver number one. I think this is the alpha of the group next year. At least to start the season, yes, I think that's definitely the case. Uh, it remains to be seen what CJ is. I think he's a guy that's going to, as the season wears on, is going to get better and better because he just doesn't have the experience yet. Um, but 
yeah, I, I think here's the deal. You're gonna have a you have a jumble of guys that are all pretty close. We're gonna have no problem going three wide receiver sets this year. Just none at all because they're the wide receiver room is so stacked with guys that can actually go out and, and do some things that there's no reason to not run that formation because if you have like a run pass option, like you're golden, like you're gonna have guys that you feel confident and be like, hey. I yeah, the defense is just not or is totally gearing for the run. I can hit one of these guys. One of these guys is gonna win. By the way, you know, you know this is getting exciting when we have random Florida State fans jumping into the chat trying <laughs> to like discount what we're doing. Like people are taking notice. Like, you know, when we when we were in the summer with Paul Chris, there was never a Florida State fan jumping in trying to like stir things up. So just keep that in mind. When people start talking, it's when people start getting worried. Um I the other thing that's interesting with this recruiting, and we'll put it up here, by the way, it's B-Man's vlogs. How's y'all's 24 class going? Oh, yeah, that's right. Top four and 24. Go Knowles. Um, sure. I think you're in the wrong <laughs> chat, bro. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. No offense on that one, by the way. Wisconsin's just getting started with the high school class. We'll yeah. catch up. Our coach has been here for like a, a minute. Seven weeks. Seven weeks, and we have – how many new players has he brought in? We're, we're closing in on yeah, it's incredible. 19. Count, counting the rec- the high school kids and the transfers, he's brought in nineteen kids. If my if my rough math is correct, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's. I want to go to here because I this is something we actually didn't really touch about when we talked receivers today. I think this is a fascinating room that we can talk a lot about. Uh, I feel like we have a deep room, but we have an incredible mix of players in that room now oh yeah I think we have two slot guys in, in pauling and tretch i think we got a couple speed guys speed height guys in lewis and burrow i think we got a couple big physical dudes now right with marcus allen with cj williams with green and then i think you got a couple route runners with dk uh Skylar bell Skylar. i really think they have a, a incredible mix of different mm-hmm. types of weapons which you need that. You can't have four dudes who only run verticals or four dudes who are only slot. Yeah, teams. there's definitely going to be teams that they they match up better with. Like there's going to be certain teams that may have big physical corners where that's a game where like Tretch or Pauling, you're like, yeah, these guys are, they're going to chew these guys up because they're never going to react quick enough to stay with them. Um, just the same thing like you have, like we've talked about it coming into this a little bit. Um, you and I were talking about who do we think will move? If, if they don't transfer, which we think there's going to likely probably be some well, let me, transfers. Let's, before you get to that, because there's a comment about sure. this. Let me get that up here. Uh, Mike Griffin says, do you foresee our existing receivers leaving? Um, I think some I, are going to leave. I, I yeah. really do. And I, I don't root for that. I, I But it, that's just the, the nature of the beast. But, Justin, I mean, I, I assume you – I think some receivers are going to leave. And I yeah. think that's a healthy part of a strong roster. Yep. And I also think that there's a couple of guys that maybe shifted that they like North Carolina love the hybrid tight end room, which is effectively a split out big wide receiver. And I think that Brooks and Tommy McIntosh are perfect fit for that. If they put on the right weight. that's now that's assuming that Tommy McIntosh could put on the weight and not lose speed, but he was a four, 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 yeah, four, four guy before. And if he goes to a four, six, and he's at six five and can absolutely torch linebackers. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with it. Like that probably is where he's going to play in the NFL. He's not going to be as as that as athletic as he is. If he ends up being a pro pick, it's going to be as a split out wide or a split out tight end. He's not going to be a guy who's going to be a wide receiver in the NFL because corners are bigger, stronger, and can play more in the NFL. And they'll get into a guy that is 205 or 210 
Yeah, I would point out though, and I agree with you, he could be a guy shifts. Brooks is actually already heavier. Like Brooks yeah. came in like two twenty. He's like two twenty, yeah. He's he's a he's a man. Um, so he might shift as well. But those are also younger. Those, yeah. Like a lot of the guys we brought in, you know, Pauling's older, Williams is in that class, but um obviously Green is older. So it, they still have time, Vinny Anthony as well, to kind of develop and marinate. Yeah. And he's a forgotten man. Like Vinny Anthony has a lot of talent too. Got on the field last yeah. year. He was my mm-hmm. favorite, actually, of of the group we brought in last year. Mm-hmm. I I really liked Vinny Anthony. A lot of big plays in high school. So, and he got on the field last year as well. He kind of looks the part. It is just such a deep room, man. Um, I I want to just kind of go back and revisit this portion of the show as well because we also did our impact transfer rate. Like who who from this transfer group is your biggest impact guys in 2023? And obviously at that time we didn't have Green. Where does Green specifically slot into that list for you? Um, I would probably put him at like three or four. It depends on where we throw the kicker on that, but I actually think he's going to like, we've talked about him being wide receiver one, like at worst case, I think he's wide receiver two on this team. Like, I just think his skill set really lends to seeing a lot of time on the field. And I think that he, he's a guy that has hands you can trust. And Wisconsin has struggled with that. Even last year, like I like DK and I like bell, but they had some drops that they shouldn't have had at times. And getting a guy that is reliable and physical and can can fight off a corner to get a play on a third and you know third and seven or whatever, that's a big deal. Those guys, those two guys, just aren't as big and physical as what what uh, Green is. Yeah, and to your point earlier, the first point you made, it, let's say Green is a one, everybody shifts down. It's the same thing yeah. with Alexander Smith coming back to the cornerback room. It shifts everybody down. Now DK is not being guarded by the elite corner, and Skylar Bell is being guarded by the third guy, and CJ Williams is being guarded by a nickel. And you can see how this all just snowballs. Um, all right, incredible stuff. We're going to take a quick break. Coming up, we're just going to do your comments. The rest of the show, we got a bunch of great comments already. We're going to get into it. Brad Cunningham says, UW alum living in Oklahoma with a son at OSU. Bryson Green is a stud and a lot they, of fun to watch. They are, yeah, and Oklahoma wanted him too, and they are not happy that Wisconsin got him. I mean, if you're an Oklahoma fan, if you, you can't lose a receiver to Wisconsin. Like, the world is shifting when that kind of stuff happens, right? They have to be like, what, what planet is this? But it's a different – the times they are changing, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, coming next, we got a bunch of your comments. We'll probably talk a little bit more about the transfer portal, the job Luke Fickle's done. Um, we'll kind of just play this one by ear tonight, but really do appreciate it. Um, quick, take a quick break for our friends of our show, sponsors of the show. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this year with more uh, props, odds, and lines than ever before. They are the number one source that we go to on the Lockdown Network to find all of our futures betting, live in-game betting. And again, we need to get on some futures betting for Wisconsin, not bet online. Uh, winning not just the Big Ten West, but the, the Big Ten maybe, that Ohio State game, um, maybe Tanner Mordecai, early Heisman love. Think, think about that as a potential sleeper. He's potentially going to put up monster numbers in this Longo system. So, yeah, let's let's get in on some of those futures betting for Wisconsin over at Bet Online. Plus, they have every sport you can think of and sports podcasts. It's all there, plus live casino games. Grab your mobile device, head to the website today, BetOnline, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When you're done here, go check out Lockdown College Basketball, all the latest college basketball stories. Isaac Shade was on the show. He's incredible. You're going to love their content. Like only Lockdown can do it, wherever you find your podcast, Odyssey, and on YouTube, Lockdown College Basketball. And let's get back to this. Um, let's get to some comments, Justin. And no Florida State comments, but the rest of them we're going to take. <laughs> that guy's still in there somewhere. Uh, let's see. Steve Mitchell. Good to get a receiver with a little more experience. Receiver room was crowded in the one, in the, the kind of the one-year experience group. Yeah, that's, it's a great point, mm-hmm. Steve. Like, this guy has been in the grind, and he can slot up there and give you some real game experience. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They definitely need it. It helps to get somebody that you can you know is reliable. Like, with the of the three guys we brought in prior to this, none of them had been, you know, I wouldn't say they're not ready for prime time, but they're not guys that have been proven. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dirk, Dirk, Dirking. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I probably messed that up. He says, hi, Ryan. Great program. Loving fixed back bat signals. Um, and Justin follows it up with Luke uh, Fickle. Bat signal season is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, don't get used to this either. I mean, this is incredible. I sometimes wonder, Justin, if they're setting the bar so high that we're, we're bound for some disappointment down the road here. Because this is unusual, and this is not going to repeat itself every transfer portal. Oh, no. Yeah, I'd be shocked if we have more than, like, seven or eight portal guys next year and that might even be high like we can we can see five maybe six they and they've admitted that uh, fickle has said flat out this is a little bit of an outlier year where we're not expecting to do this he wants to get his players in so i get it like i'm sure that he after seeing the bull prep he kind of looked at it and was like yeah we, we got some holes here we there's some things we need to shore up and maybe we can do this in quick, short order, and we get a bunch of young guys who are ready to play. So mm-hmm. I would not anticipate it being remotely this heavy. No, and he's also – we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. He's also plugging the transfer holes with players that have multiple years of eligibility. Yeah. So these spots shouldn't be issues next year. So uh, Mike Witt, two shows in one day. Holy cow, I blame Luke Fickle. Uh, like he's That's fair. He, I blame Luke <laughs> Fickle. Uh, Kev says, this is easily the most talented receiver room in Badger history. Biggest splash receiver get for Wisconsin prior to this was probably Danny Davis. Justin, talk to me about the, what's the biggest before this cycle, CJ? Well, actually, let me start there. Who's the bigger splash, CJ or Bryson? Um, In terms of what it means to the program, it's CJ. Like, Wisconsin does not get a top 75 wide receiver recruit, period. In terms of what it means to them this year, probably Bryson. I think mm-hmm. over the course of the, the this season, he may end up having the number one stats. I think CJ's a guy you're going to see gradually build up as the season goes on. But I think he still has a productive season. Like I, I'd be, it would not shock me if like number three in, in receptions is CJ, and and it might be back lot, you know, heavy on the back end with where his receptions are. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he'll get to that point, but I agree. We talked about earlier. I think he's going to progress as the season goes. Mm. I actually think Bryson's the bigger get kind of on both fronts. But I th- it, you're splitting hair. Like, these are yeah. two incredible gets at the receiver room. Um, and he, then he mentions, obviously, Kev says the biggest previous was Danny Davis. And that just kind of shows you the, the bar yeah. that Wisconsin has set at receiver. Yeah, I mean, if you look at from a physical talent standpoint, um, 
we probably, if we're really truly going back, I believe Lee Evans was a four star back in mm. the day. Uh, Toon was a four star. Uh, of those guys, the physical tools, you'd probably say that was Lee Evans. And then before him, it would be Chris Chambers was a four star too, who was Craig actually. Appleton. I've mentioned Craig, Craig Appleton before for Badger fans. Off field stuff basically is what derailed him. That dude was a four star. That was he a was. really good recruiting win. Hugh yep. Scallon says Altoon level badassery in the wide receiver mm-hmm. room. Altoon, you talk about a goat receiver, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Jones, huge pickup, keep it rolling. I'm just going to kind of roll down the comments in order. So I'll try to get to as much as we can. Mike Witt, let's pause here for a second. Now let's get some defensive help. This is, I still think there's potential concern on the defensive line and at cornerback across from Alexander Smith. Yeah. I think those are spots that could use help and reinforcement. Is it greedy to want more Justin here? Well, we talked about this coming in here and I said, we're beyond greedy now <laughs> as, as a fan base. We, we bypassed that at probably about seven or eight commits. Now it's just gluttony. <laughs> we, we just want more <laughs> this never ending barrage. So uh, right now. Yeah. I think, the, here's the deal. Like w- what I brought up and my, my view on this was this, we went from like, what do we need to have a good season to what do we need to put a scare into Ohio state? And I think that that's where we're at now. Now you're like, we need to kind of fill in these last few cracks to really have a, a roster that starts to be, you know, if you scheme it up and everything comes together, what are you? Where are the holes that you potentially are worried about if you're facing an Ohio State? And right now, I think you'd have to say, I'm most worried about that second corner position, and I'm most worried about will they be able to just run the ball at will on us? Now, we played pretty well against the run against them this year, at least initially. We were terrible against them for for the pass. So we, you know, there's got to be some things that come together there. Yeah. Now we didn't have Alexander Smith, just to be clear on that. It's true. It also would not have made a big difference. Yeah. Also, to be clear on it, um, but yeah, I think they, they have so many talented receivers that that is going to be the scary part of that matchup. Even if, listen, even if you brought in another veteran, that's our, still going to be the scary yeah. part of that matchup. And our culture was broken this year, so I don't take a lot away from from that game period. Like things were just not on the right frame of mind the entire season. Yeah, I agree. They give up. Like there was no fight in it. Uh, Mike Witt, Braylon is going to run against so many six-man lines. Uh, Braylon's going to have a monster year. Yeah. He's going to have a monster year. We talked about that. Um, Aaron Jones, oh, sorry, you look like you're about to say something. My bad. No, no. I just, just. Aaron Jones says uh, the days that Jack Dunn at receiver are gone. I put this up here not to pick on Jack Dunn, more to point out um, there was, it's not that long ago when we were running out receiving groups that really had no threatening capacity whatsoever. And it's not just a Jack Dunn thing, yeah. by the way. Like, Yeah. Uh, I mean, beyond that, I would just say this. Getting the sense of Phil Longo, there is not a chance that he would ever have a player, you know, it, talent's going to dictate with him. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever he thinks is the person that can make the biggest splash. And I think that's why he wants such a simple offense. If you're physically talented, he wants you to be able to go out there and show it with as little prepping as possible. So in his eyes, it's like if you're thinking you're 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 not playing to your max ability. So yeah. let's limit this to the the most simplistic, you know, way we can have this set up, and just go out there and let your natural ability take over. And he's he's exactly, and he said that right. He said we mm-hmm. we want to put athletes in space and then the, just let them be athletes. 
I, I love it. I love the philosophy. Um, Gavin Weigel says, Fickle visited my school today. Let's go, Gavin. He visited a lot of schools today. <laughs> yeah, let's that go, That guy doesn't Gavin. sleep. He's a freak. No, he's got that new coach energy. Again, this is honeymoon phase stuff still, which – but he's crushed the honeymoon. Yeah, I think that you have certain guys that are kind of uh, – what, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a grinder, and he's somebody who is just, like, ultra-focused. And I think that he's almost, like, borderline – What's the word I'm looking for? Fanatical. Um, yeah, that that's a good word for it. Fanatical. He's just like this. Where can I get better? Where mm-hmm. can I do better at this? So I don't think that this will really drop off. And I think that he's going to be the driving force based off of whatever his staffs are going forward, because that's going to be his expectation of the people beneath him. I think that's why his recruiting guys are so aggressive. Super aggressive. By the way, does anyone remember harken back to when he was hired and he said, I'm not here to like, change everything i'm here to enhance wisconsin and then he went and just blew up the receiver room and the quarterback <laughs> room, right like gosh love him of course he's not gonna say i need to come here yeah. and blow these things up he's like we're coming in here to enhance this and he's oh, like that's bad pr yeah i'm just he's like dynamite to the quarterback room yeah he's <laughs> that consultant that was brought in to figure out where we need to cut the fat like oh man, oh, man alive uh pedro says the only thing that can make this class perfect would be a defensive tackle that being said, I could not be happier with what Fickle has done in this time. Yeah, it, yeah. Again, there's a John Garcia interview I did today that's dropping tomorrow. And I asked him, how unique is what Wisconsin's doing right now? Because we're always hyper-focused on just our school. And he said, this is unprecedented. Like, bringing in three transfer quarterbacks in this period of time. The word he used, this is a national recruiting director for Sports Illustrated. Unprecedented. So, mm-hmm. Badger fans, be justified in being excited, despite this weirdo FSU fan in our in our chat over here i love it i love them all right we're gonna take a very quick break and then just get into more comments i have an i have a really interesting fact to drop on y'all as well about i know we've talked about where luke fickle's focused wait till i tell you how focused it's been in certain areas we're gonna get to that next but first a very quick break for our friends of the show all right let's bring justin back on i really do appreciate by the way if anyone wonders i those breaks get added in and editing later if, if you're watching on YouTube and you don't see anything happen, that's why. Um, I do want to bring up this stat. So we've talked about, I had a solo show earlier in the year about why we can't beat Ohio State. And I said, it's because our quarterbacks aren't good enough, our receivers aren't good enough, and our defensive backs aren't good enough. Those three spots is what I highlighted. And that's not like deep thinking. That's kind of Captain Obvious stuff against Ohio State. Luke Fickle's brought in 19 players. Justin, if you want to take a really quick really quick guess, how many of those 19 are either a quarterback, a receiver, or a defensive back? Oh, man. Um, 10? 12. Okay. So he's brought in 19 players, and I'm not counting the players that were previously committed to Paul Christ, only the players that committed to him in the high school class or transferred in. Out of 19 players – People, 19 players, 12 of them are quarterbacks, receivers, and DBs. And you're telling me he's not going to come here and modernize this sucker? Like, yeah. he is addressing the weaknesses, and he's doing it in incredible fashion. It has fashion. been Wisconsin's, you know, struggle areas for forever. And yep. now you have a guy that's coming in that's like, yeah, I'm aware of where your shortcomings are, and their strengths are mine. Uh, Evan Gabriel says, any idea what the Marcus Allen Z tweet was? Uh, so, I – First That's of all, not, so it is weird. Yeah. I just he did tweet it right after or right during the Bryson Green stuff. But I won't read into social media yeah. because I think that's a really tricky, dangerous, and murky place. Yeah. So whatever happens there, we'll we'll find out over the coming time. I don't want to speculate because 
I don't know what it could be in regards to. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bash a kid if we don't know anything, you know, what he was actually talking about. And, and that's exactly where I would go to. You can, you can insinuate things, but it's kind of pointless in social media. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even worry about it. And quite frankly, if I'll, I'll just say this, and this is not directed to Marcus Allen. It's, it's more of a, a generality. Listen, if a receiver's not on board, there's plenty of other bodies now. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the point of building depth. So again, that's, that's in a general, that's not a Marcus Allen pointed thing here. Um, Isaac Zace says the drama around Rashada makes me appreciate what Fickle and Longo have done so much more. So if anyone hasn't followed, Florida had signed an incredible quarterback, um, then they lost him, then they got him back, and it's been this whole drama. And there's been very little drama with. Well, there was a. There's talk of a thirteen million dollar contract that's never that didn't get followed through on. There's nil stuff involved with this one, and I. Yeah, there's NIL stuff involved with this one, as you mentioned. I just want to say this. First of all, who was paying $13 million for a quarterback out of high school? Like, I get a transfer guy who's been a stud, but what are you doing? Like, we've seen five stars just completely flame out, and this kid was just a four star. It's like, that's not a lock to be a superstar. And Florida's got more holes than just quarterbacks. So I'm not paying $13 million to it. The only caveat to that is some people have stupid money. Right. And if they didn't spend 13 million on that, they would buy a painting for $13 million. That's, that's all I'll say. Like there's, okay, there's so that has there. more redeemable value. <laughs> Maybe I'm just saying there's people out there with silly money. So I, I don't know. Lord help the big 10. If I ever had silly money, cause I would buy every recruit I could for Wisconsin. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> Bruce Weber says, Ryan really love your podcast and show. There are others out there, but uh, most tend to be ego heavy and want to show you how smart they are. You build great community, keep up the good work. See, this is easy for me because I know I'm not that smart. So <laughs> that's a simple one. And really the community and, and the guests we have, like people like Justin and Rajiv and Scott really create authenticity to the show. So Bruce, I appreciate the comment. Um, it's really the community that has helped build this. So I'm um, very appreciative of that. Let's keep going here. Justin, if you see any comments that you like as well. Uh, Wisco Cheese says, would Jim Leonard have recruited any of these guys? He may have taken a shot or wanted to take a shot. I just don't know if he would have had the infrastructure to attack it in the way that Fickle has. Like, Fickle has, not to bash Leonard, but Leonard could use a year or two in the cog of of the Ohio State machine to figure out what high-level recruiting is because Wisconsin wasn't doing it before. And the expectations and level of energy and time required for it are completely different than what Wisconsin was doing. And we're seeing it firsthand. Like this is, there's a completely different mindset that it takes to get to this point. And it likely would have taken him several years to get to that point, to realize fully what the amount of resources and effort that would have been required to get there. So this year there might've been one, or I would say out of the group that we have, that we brought in, we have 13 guys. It wouldn't have shocked me to see like four of these guys get offered. Maybe we even get one of them. I, I don't think we would have been aggressive enough to have brought in remotely what we have done. And we wouldn't have probably had a, a uh, OC like Longo come on. Like that's so, huge for what this is. I was just going to say that, right? That, that's the cachet. Like some of this is just Longo cachet. And everything we saw, all the smoke we saw was Sean Lewis was going to be tied to Jim Leonard, mm-hmm. right? And Sean Lewis, I think would have really excited us because we wouldn't have known this Luke Fickle, Phil Longo thing was on the table. And then, but Phil, Sean Lewis doesn't have the Phil Longo cachet. He's not pulling in this. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah, Longo has done it at a, a power five level and put guys in the NFL. 
and he's put receivers in the NFL, a ton of them. So you have a guy who is effectively on the, the short list of like QB whispers in college football right now in Longo. And it's proven. This is why you see three, four stars come jump on board. Like these are guys, Mordecai is a guy who wants to improve his draft stock. You have Evers and, and Locke who are two guys that are like Locke flat out said, and this is a Jesse Temple was talking about this, that he's a guy that was not going to risk, you know, the opportunity to, mm-hmm. to go with Longo. And that's a big deal. Like when you have guys that, that realize what they have in your coach, the quarterback is the driving force of every program. Like if you can bring in, if you can prove that you can consistently bring in four-star quarterbacks, you're going to get quality skill talent because it means you're running an offense that quarterbacks want to play in. And that means receivers want to play. in. Yeah, I agree. And and people want to play with winning programs and the winning programs have quarterbacks. Um, Corey G talks about Tommy McIntosh. Where would he fit? We talked about the first segment, um, potentially moving to a tight end is what we talked about there. Uh, let's keep going here. We got a bunch of comments going on. Um, Let's see, I'm sorry, I missed some of the ones I was trying to get. There in. was one, there was a comment actually about the running back room that I thought was actually. Oh, take it. Yeah, why don't you talk about it? I'll try. To yeah, find it, it said that it was 2024 is a sneaky year that we need to get depth, and I actually think we need to get two running backs in that room. Uh, we have the in-state kid, uh, Smith, who I think we ha- they have to lock him down. He's he's the exact fit for the offense. They really need to to make him a point of coming after him, and I think that that's that's the case. I think Fickle's aware of it. I think Longo's aware of it. So I think those guys are the guys that are the primary targets that you're going to see in this class. They're really going to go after them. Um, but yeah, we need to get more depth in that room. They need to get some young bodies that are, are ready. And I think as much as I like Nate White, I'm not sure that he ever fully turns into a every down back. Like he's a kid that might only top out at 200, 205. Like he's hundred, he's 180 pounds now. Some guys fill out. Some guys, he looks a little more lanky on his film, so he might not be a guy that gets beyond, you know, that 205 mark and is more of a slashing type back that mm-hmm. you want to use as a gadget guy, which is fine, but that means you need to find somebody that can be, you know, a little more stocky or solidly built guy that can can get out there and, and give you 20 carries. Yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I don't know. Running back's weird to me because I think Jackson Aker could play a role there potentially t- as well. And we I, I don't, don't really know, right? Because we haven't really seen it, but it's possible. I, I don't disagree. I just don't know how many of these guys fit the mold of what exactly they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I think Braylon Allen could really eat in this offense, I also think that there are some shortcomings there where he's he lacks some of the explosiveness that they truly like to have. Like if you're going to be going against a six-man box, box you want to be able to have somebody that can slash through, make that one cut and go and jet. And the difference between Braylon Allen and one of those guys is the fact that that guy can take it 50 yards. Braylon may get you 20, 25. Yeah. But Braylon's going to do it in a different way. Braylon, he will. Gonna it's going to wear on a defense. More. Yeah. I think there's a difference there. Like Braylon's not going to be that, that one cut slasher, but, He's almost going to force a DC to keep a bigger linebacker in there, which yeah. is going to open other things it's, up. It's going to change things up a little bit the way teams feel like they have to play because it's not like you're going to put like a Viper out there and have somebody that's going to be like a, a oversized safety because you know, that punish. guy's not going to hit Braylon. Braylon's going to punish him. Yeah. All right, let's keep taking some of these comments here. I love this one. Isaac Zay says, my Nebraska fan keeps bringing up Frost as a parallel and fickle. Not entirely sure how to respond to it. Here's how I would respond. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a pretty good response. Um, they're not remotely the same. 
for one, we, Ryan and I were discussing this before, and I actually I, I talked to him earlier today about it. I actually thought that Frost might might blow up. I actually did did not think that he was going to be a guy that was a lock to succeed. And a lot of it had to do with the fact he had one good year under his belt. And it was in a school that had the most resources for that particular conference. You're in Florida, a super talent-rich state that has a ton of advantages over most of the teams in your conference. Now, who knows how mismanaged that roster was prior to him getting there. He still accomplished what he accomplished. But you go from having the most resources to going to a school that's, what is Nebraska? Fifth at best? Somewhere in that range. Resources with money facilities. They do, but it's not like in the primary recruiting area and things like that compared to Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. I I think you're even maybe going down that rabbit hole too much because Luke Fickle went to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you can always just end the discussion there. And and he's also got five or six years here where he's been consistently like a nine or 10 win coach or more under his belt. And that is not the consistent track record of success. And plus, you know, we're not going to dig into it, but there was some off field things that Frost struggled with that did not help him. And I also just think a lot of it comes down to the way you carry yourself as a person and who you are. And Frost was not exactly the most likable guy. And I think that that plays a role in how your team, like your level of success, like you're going to have struggle if you're not somebody that recruits look at and be like, I want to play for that guy. Yeah, I, I just don't, Isaac. I, I don't think it's. I think it's a lazy comparison. Um, it is, and I, I wouldn't even entertain it. Like Fickle's so, so. There's a reason why when Luke Fickle was out there, Notre Dame was interested. Yeah. Like he could have picked his spot, not Scott Frost. Yeah. All right, uh, Randall. Well, I want, can I make one more comment on that before you jump? I, I want to say this. You can see based off of how the first seven weeks have gone for Luke Fickle, how organized he is, how disciplined he is, and how like little wasted motion there is with him. He's a guy that is very precise, very locked in, and very focused on what he's doing. And that is clear to me where you're seeing the difference between him and the majority of coaches coming from a smaller program. He's a guy that is not going to waste time failing at something if he thinks that it's not, there's no chance for success with it. Yeah, I, I think he's he's crushed it so far. Uh, Randall Beckholt says, can you rank our quarterback room at this time? This is an interesting one. Let's do this quickly. Uh, obviously, Tanner Mordecai's one. Yeah. Who would you – This so really quickly, because Randall brought this up. I was going to bring this up in our previous show, and thank you, Randall, for tuning into the show for bringing this up. I actually think Locke – this is really interesting to me now. Locke is a, a safer player to me than Evers. He's a higher yes. four guy, and I think he's probably going to be more ready this year. He could fight for the two spot. I really think so. And then that gives him a springboard into next year where maybe he gets a little bit of a leg up on Evers. I think it's an interesting thought. I think it really – neither one neither one of them is a guy who I uh, – listen, I think w- with our schedule, either one of them from a physical standpoint can do a lot of things. Obviously, if, if one of them is playing, it's going to get a lot more wild in terms of what the expectations are each game. Um. You're right. He does have a higher floor. He has a lower ceiling. So we look at it like it's if we were going to say who's probably number two this year, it's probably Locke. If we're saying a year from now, I'd probably go Evers because I think that there's some things that he provides that you can't. It's not in the playbook. Yeah, it's listen. It's it's going to be a fascinating battle. I'll say that. 
Law can really sling it. I mean, he can really, really sling it. So. He's he's the one that's at yeah. He put up this and if and if we really dived down the rabbit hole, I told you, Matoyer is my guy. Well, and I love Cole Crew as well. Like yeah. it's it's just gonna be a battle, and that's mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a major battle coming up in twenty four. Um, let's see. Kerr, Kev G says Braylon Allen and Malusi both have injuries issues with past injuries. We've talked about this a lot. That's a great point. Can't rely on Julius Davis and a true freshman, Nate White. Need to pick up a running back transfer for sure. It's going to be Aker. He's going to be in the running back room now. Well, in Yakimelli, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's 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 those. Don't two. sleep on Cade. Cade oh, I has. I I I brought this up to to Ryan a few times now. I compare him to Shannon Brooks, who played for Minnesota. Watch the film and watch the high school film of Cade. They run very very similarly. A little I don't bit think more you're upright. allowed to Minnesota comparison. You got to find a different. I, I can respect the level of back he was and still hate his team. Um, he's a guy who runs a little more upright, slasher, quick, has some good top end speed, but not a power back. And I think that's what you're going to see with Cade. Cade's not going to be a guy that's going to be pushing the pile, but he's a guy who's going to like slash through holes and and make some plays. He's an elite athlete. That's he that's is. what people need to go back just. He has a YouTube workout footage that you can find from his high school days at Penn Teller. I think he's from Penn Teller in Pennsylvania. Um, I could be wrong. That's just flashing my brain. But he does incredible box jumps. He does – I mean, he is a monster athlete. So Aren't Penn and Teller a comedy duo? I, they are, but I think it's also a high school. <laughs> I, I think it's yeah. high school. I'll, All right. <laughs> I could be wrong. Um, I'm, I'm not sold on Acre. I just – I feel like – He's more of like a fill-in. I think he could be a short yardage guy. He if he's out there, you're basically running the second uh, coming of the Hebrew hammer. And, and listen, Tim brings this up too. Aker probably ends up as a tight end or an H back type. You know, I th- I be. don't see Aker as stepping in in that running back rotation unless like the wheels fall off and everybody's hurt. So, yeah. all right, I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Have a ton of comments I didn't get to. Um, definitely got to bring up Wes's comment because anytime you mention PJ Fleckenstein, that's gonna come on the show. He's gonna get beat down so bad. I live to hate that guy. Yes, let's go, Wes. Um, oh, well, he's caught Fickle's attention, and I can guarantee you that he's has no problem with making a point in that game. And Tim brings up there are plenty of power back backs in the spread. They have still one or two unblocked defenders. Yeah, I think I think Allen's going to eat. And then Tyler Reynolds, I think, responding to your comment, uh, Braylon Allen holds the record for the longest run in school history. Justin talking about a guy who isn't going to take it to the house. He did. He did house one today. What ninety seven? Right? Was it something like that? He not the, not the if he does it, if he does it against yeah Penn State or 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 OSU, then we could talk about it. No, um, it's listen. Ninety seven is ninety seven. We don't. Yeah, that that's impressive. Uh, Kevin J says I think Isaac Rendo would have fit the mold. I love man. I loved me some Isaac Rendo. I will go all down. I will die on this hill that that previous coaching staff butchered the management of that running back room and Grenda should have got 10 or 15 carries or touches a game. Um, obviously committed to Louisville. So he's out of the picture. I hope he crushes it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck. To him. Um, Justin, any last thoughts here? I think it's every comment, but um, we got to a lot of them. I appreciate everybody tuning in as always, Justin, this has been a hell of a run here. Yeah. Well, keep an eye out. It might not be over. I'm not um, doing a show today. It's not, listen, not today. It's, not today. But you guys may want to keep an eye out for uh, tomorrow. Just saying. It's 1140 Eastern here. This has been a Freeform Friday part due. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in. We got a bunch of people watching, a bunch of people in the comments. Y'all are awesome. Go join the Discord if you haven't yet. We talk Badgers in there. I put the 
link to the Discord at the top of this chat. So you just have to scroll through some crazy FSU stuff and everyone else talking about it. But go join the Discord. Um, tomorrow's my birthday, so I don't know if we'll do a show tomorrow, even if we get good news. Happy birthday, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. On Wisconsin, and let's keep it going.